Tales, the podcast where we drink tea and talk about tales. I'm Emily. I'm Sarah. And I'm Erica. I'm a problem child. (laughs) (laughs) Today's topic, we're going to talk about space exploration. The notes at the top of my thing say space exploration stuff, things, and the other. Oh, good. Yeah. Mine says tea and tales colon, space travel. Erica, what tea are we drinking today? In honor of space exploration, and in my opinion, the greatest starship captain, Jean-Luc Picard, we are drinking a nice warm cup of Earl Grey tea. Yum. Sleep. And who? I know. (laughs) Specifically, the Harney and Sons Earl Grey Supreme. Harney and Sons, if you want to sponsor us, we feel We will do a commercial for you. You Yeah. It'll be great. You send us tea. (laughs) <laughs> we'll feature your tea on our podcast. Oh, it's just perfect. You don't need anything in it. It's just I, it's great. That's the best way. Like, I get it. Put your milk and your honey and your sugar and your tea. But, like, drinking tea just plain, that's yeah. my favorite way to drink it. Or, you know, sometimes I'll put a little almond milk with vanilla. Ooh, but I feel like bougie. I feel like this one, not like like an almond milk creamer. I'm like bougie bougie. This Whoa. is really good. I almost, almost never put anything in my tea besides boiling. Yeah, because we always like have tea like what? maybe if I sit bed. outside with the boiling. This is a throwback. <laughs> never <laughs> right, the, the leaves. Episode, the leaves will just fall into your tea. You'll discover if you miss the first episode, you, <laughs> you are probably this confused. is the first episode. <laughs> We're doing callbacks already. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> So, for space exploration, uh, before we do our two picks, we want to go through two major space exploration tales mm-hmm. that none of us picked, but are pretty obviously there. And One of them was my, like, introduction into being obsessed with things. Yeah, ex- same. Mm-hmm. So, um... But it's the opposite one. I know you. it is. <laughs> well, so, the first one, of course, and they're very rival uh, fan bases, but I love both of them. Why is can't we be, be friends? friends? <laughs> It's you know exactly Star Wars. So I have a story, which is uh, my older siblings watched Star Wars so much growing up, and they would watch all the old ones. And so whenever Fun I was... fact, I am one of those older siblings. <laughs> yep. And whenever sure. I uh, got around to being old enough to appreciate or watch Star Wars, I watched the first episode, which a lot of people hate... You mean like Phantom Menace? Yes. Uh, Played the music uh, in band. Yes, it was so good. Actually, Um, one of my cousins was obsessed with Phantom Menace, and I was just, I was a little older, and I'm like, wow. Tiny Me was obsessed with the idea of Phantom Menace because it had been so long. Like, Star Wars was such a big deal when I was a kid. And then we're like, oh my god, we're getting another one, this is amazing. And then we're like, oh. I mean, the pod racing ideas are cool, but Mm -hmm. like, why is it so long? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. There's it's definitely flaws in the movie, ideas. and it's definitely more nostalgia. But, like, that was the one that, like, introduced... I'm pretty uh, sure I saw it a couple times in theaters, though. But Clone Wars and Mandalorian. There, there are some yeah, really good things Yeah, very there. true. So, with that being said... Yeah. We moved on. Well, no, the, no, I'm still with... I'm on that. I'm still on the same time. <laughs> <I'm, laughs> what you know, what is the- your favorite episode? So, I'm not including... <sighs> Clone Wars or Mandalorian because those are TV like, series. I have no answers for you. You have Thor, no answers. Which what is it called? <laughs> a New Hope. A New Hope. Yeah, like the original. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because okay, growing up, like when I was much small, <laughs> smaller uh, than I am. I mean, now. I was really good friends with my older brother, and then we had a friend that lived across the street who was also a boy. We had an additional friend who lived like closer to Main Street, Syracuse, um, but he was also a boy. So it was like the four of us: three boys and me. And everything that we played, like G.I. Joe Fighters or whatever the hell we did, uh, there were no girls. 
But Star Wars had Princess Leia, mm-hmm. and we both had True. brown hair, mm-hmm. and so we would play Star Wars, and I had a character to be. And like, did you put your hair up in the bun? Yes, I did. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. That's incredible. For me, I had I had Teenage uh, Mutant Ninja Turtles, and April was the only girl. Mm-hmm. But also, she didn't have any fun abilities. Like, she, she was more yellow. She was just a new She's like, I'm here, guys. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, New Hope is great. Mm-hmm. It's not my choice. No, I, I have really an out of the box like, choice. I really like the first new movie with. Ray. Force Awakens. Yes. Yeah. And I know that people have really hated on the, the new franchise with with great reason, but I think that um, kind of like revamping, reintroducing, whatever you want to call it, like the Star Wars movie series with the first one, it was good. I did watch the second one, didn't like it as much, haven't seen the third one. But don't want to. Friggin' train wreck. was good too. It was so sad. Though. I love Rogue One. Oh. And it, ding, 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 we have a winner, It is. Folks. <laughs> It's not my favorite. It's it, it is. I think I think it is the best movie of the ten of them. If you look wow. at if you look at the dialogue writing, because yeah. the dialogue writing in Star Wars is famously poor. Yes. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the explanation of certain mythologies in it, mm-hmm. you find more about the Jedi and how they have the powers for their lightsabers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, in the creation of different worlds and why the Death Star had this gaping. Um, giant, giant hole that could just blow it up. Like, and, and the acting <laughs> was <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> um, you but yes. up my groove. Oh my God. <laughs> no, Rogue One is fantastic. And then that ending scene with, um, spoiler alert, uh, Darth Vader oh, is yeah. just the best like lightsaber Do action scene in the series, I think. But my favorite is actually... Do you say two? Return of the Jedi. Okay. That's because... Fine. People hate on the Ewoks so much. That is episode six. I said, is that five? You just put me out. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) You went. Eric accidentally flipped me off. It's fine. I held up six fingers. Picked on me in episode one. Here we are. Some random order. Um, I love the Ewoks. One, two, three. I'm not going to lose this down. Uh, I like like episode six. Princess Leia on the... Yeah, in the whole Endor scene is mm-hmm, awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the dialogue is better than episode five, which I know a lot of people usually pick Empire Strikes Back, but yeah, <laughs> six. <laughs> um, I was going to ask, at the end of Rogue, like, Rogue One was great, but doesn't it, like, completely change, like, the story? No, it enhances the story. I actually... Um, I did the thing where you don't watch them in the order they came out or in one through whatever. I did it where it's the, um, like, you watch episode. Oh, it's like four, five, six. Yeah, but then yeah. you have like Rogue One in there somewhere. Yeah, you can do any of those things. But, like, Rogue, if you watch Rogue One back to back and then you watch the beginning of the episode four, mm-hmm. it connects so perfectly. Mm-hmm. So, while I keep that saying that's not my favorite episode, it clearly <laughs> is. But, like, I feel like it's just a cop out because it's not... Mm-hmm. It's not like it, it's not a real Star Wars episode, but it is. It kind of is. Yeah, it's like I just an think it's, that's I think like it's, let me explain. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I think like the Han Solo one that they made like was not good. Movie. I didn't yeah. see that either. Yeah, I, I, I did not. Wedding. Wedding. I didn't like that. <laughs> wedding to the moment. Wedding to the when the COVID stroke. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> when the COVID stroke. <laughs> 
from the COVID strokes. It's okay. That was before no COVID, one. but you weren't missing anything. Um, I, yeah. The only thing that was good was Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones was in it, and she was good, but... Um, That's not enough. To, it was not enough. No, it's not enough for me to Well, a, a lot of people also say that cutting away from the episode movies, that, like, The Mandalorian is, like, the most Star Wars out of everything that has been Star Wars. They just I would agree with that. elements from the earlier things that people liked. Yeah. I think Which, Mandalorian's great. I'm currently drinking... Out of a Mandalorian mug right now that snack. has Baby Yoda on it. It's it says um, "Snack it's Attack eating. Protect," and it has him eating the frog in the first season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I have not started the have second not started season. The second season. We cannot spoil. The only thing I know I about have the second season, season. you better not. I Don't swear to God, anything. I'm gonna punch call you. It, it's like call it all over again. Stop Don't. it. It's not plot. Nope. Okay. Mm-hmm. I will punch you. Look at Baby Yoda on my mug is judging you. Who knows that getting punched isn't my goal? Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> my other question about Star Wars is where is what's your favorite planet that they go to? I love Yoda's planet. It's gross. Yeah, it's super gross. Uh, which is Dagobah. So I actually was uh, talking to my brother and I was like, I love Star Wars, but I don't know any of the fine details. And then I fair. said I could name three planets, and I think I said, uh, <laughs> now, uh-huh, now you can. Naboo. The, the yeah. Uh, Tatooine. Good. And then I couldn't good. think you of just another said one. one. Oh, and then uh, Dagobah. Yeah. And then he was like, yeah, and there's like all these other, and he was like naming stuff. And I was like, uh-huh. oh. I think I Endor, I already talked about Endor because of the Ewoks. Mm-hmm. And the, mm-hmm. the, it's just, I mean, I know it's just oh, California, and, um, but like. Right. <laughs> the planet that gets blown up. Yes. That's not a spoiler. It does that happen. is, yeah, that's <laughs> a spoiler. <laughs> Forty-year-old, fifty-year-old um, God, are they that old? No, oh, they're mid seventies. So, oh gosh, forty-five years. Uh, um, so, going with that, our last Star Wars question I have is: What is your favorite alien creature or species from Star Wars? Mine is Yoda. You stole the best one. You can say him. I like Greedo. What is he? Something weird. Yeah. Did he shoot first? Han shot first. Okay. Okay. Um. I don't know if, like, Mandalorian people count because they're humans. They're right? not a specific race. They're more Who of, like, a the culture. are the tall, flowy people that they go to talk to about the clones? Oh, yeah. Those I don't are know if they cool. have a name. They, I'm sure someone's they're tweeting like us right now. They're taffy elves. Taffy elves. The healing boys. That Ewan McGregor goes to see. Yeah. He is the one great thing about the prequels. I love Ewan McGregor. Listen, I do not understand this. He is so But I respect it. He's fine. Actually, it's the mole. I just can't. Get over it. Episode 3, I actually... I actually don't mind um, when I've Anakin turns a single time. I, there's, a, I mean, again with the plot holes and the like, Natalie Portman's and just whiny bad. and blah blah blah. But like, I mean, there's like a lava planet, and Ewan McGregor is. A badass. I don't know I just, what the name of the race is, but the alien with the two loops. Oh, um, the like thing that Ahsoka is. Yeah. I don't know what her race is. I think is that we can uh, like name. describe, 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 but don't know the name of it. Well, we don't Bad know what Yoda's bear. species is either. He's little. He's the child. No, he's not a child. They have they or no? Oh, I no, don't know. I don't know. Maybe they have at this point. Mm-hmm. Tweet at us or don't. Or don't. <laughs> All right. Tia Tales one. Tia Tales one. We're still there. That's right. We are number one in this podcast. That's right. So, and some jerk face still has Tia Tales. Going on to the rival faction which is the one that got me started in science fiction, is Star Trek. So, are either of you Star Trek watchers? I have watched the very first episode. Of, of the like, the very, original? Yep. From, like, 1966? Yep. I think I 
have seen one or two. Did they used to play them like on one of the three channels that everybody got a hundred years Probably, ago? Probably. Yeah. yeah. I think I've seen one or two. Have you ever seen week. have you seen the movies, like the new ones? I've seen no one of them, but it didn't I think I would like them. much of a splash. I want to start this journey, but I'm I think, afraid. Oh, I think you would like them in the um they get categorized very similarly as like Doctor Who in that they're a little corny. Oh yeah. Um some of them more than others. Mm-hmm. I think as they've gone more current, they've become like darker. You know, mm-hmm. like the the like DC movie trend of like let's make oh, everything kind of dark. Um, they did that with Doctor Who. Too, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's the original '66 to '69, which that one's pretty famous for having the first interracial kiss on television. Which hooray, hooray for them! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, next generation was mine because uh, that's the one. Were the that was year. the next generation. No, it was the <laughs> one that I watched because it was between '87 and '94. So um, that when it ended, I was when, I, when it ended, I was eight. I was like. <laughs> We would watch it, and then we would watch it in syndication at dinner with my family. And we had this little tiny TV in our kitchen that was, like, one of those under-the-cupboard ones Mm -hmm. that used to just be this little TV screen. And we would watch it while we would eat. And so I've seen all of the episodes many, many times. Mm. But I haven't haven't seen them in a long time. And then we went back, and um, my husband and I caught them on television. I just had a found memory of, like, a big, fat, gross, small TV on a little white rolling table. Right, right. (laughs) Oh, but do there's you been a, that? Yes. You're very young. Yes, there's been so many of them. There's Deep Space Nine. Well, there's so Voyager. That's what I hear is the one you start with is Deep Space Nine. Or is it Next Generation? That's false. Although, no, there are people... Ooh. I mean, Deep Space Nine is beloved, as yeah. is Voyager, for different reasons. I never got into Deep Space Nine. I do like Voyager okay, though. Um, so you haven't seen Deep Space Nine? I have seen some oh. episodes of Deep Space Nine. That one was long. That was a six-year run. I feel um, tired. Listen, right? sometimes you just gotta delve in there. I would recommend Next Generation because even though, like, the effects are... It's the best... I mean, you have Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong. Um, and then the Picard that came out... I You know, Picard I thought was very good. It was like a CBS All Access thing, so... Mm-hmm. So yeah, so now we've done our obligatory Wait, no, talking. Oh, I gotta ask you. Oh, I gotta talk questions. You, okay, because you're the Who's fan. Your favorite Who's character? your favorite character? What does a red shirt mean? Okay. Yeah, tell us what a red okay. shirt is, Erica. All right. First answer, the card. That's why we're drinking our own mm-hmm. tea. Mm-hmm. Um, cheers. Woohoo! Cheers. So, secondly, the red shirts. Are you generally asking, or are you? No, we oh, know. Okay. I mean, I know, but we I would like to hear you. Oh, the red shirt tells us. all the crew members that always die when they go on um, missions. So, but the fair. thing that's funny about Star Trek is they always bring these main characters along, whether they're like. They shouldn't be going on these exploratory missions. Like, you wouldn't send your chief of engineering, your, like, communications expert, your chief of defense, your chief of medical, like, bay. They all go. And then, of course, they all survive because they're the main characters. And so if they need to, like, show a scary situation, they make the crew members go. And the crew members, depending on what (laughs) department they work for, most of them wear red shirts. If you're in, like, engineering, wear yellow, though. Um, Um, What about blue? Blue is medical. Uh, what about green? There is no green. Question. Racism. This is- <laughs> Zero. But there's uh, actually a funny book that John Scalzi wrote called Red Shirts, where it's like very meta. And it's these people that are red shirts and they keep wondering why they're all dying. And it's like just making fun of Star Trek. Yeah. That sounds and brilliant. It is. It gets a little too wrapped up in its own meta wow, commentary, but it's it's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, um, my question is, are there any strong female leads? 
in any of these shows. There are a couple. Mm-hmm. Well, in each. Voyager, a lot of people like that because it was the first uh, female captain. Mm-hmm. And um, But in, like, Next Generation, you have... Uh, you have Commander Troy. She was like the therapist on board, but she had, nice. she had like sort of, she was like not completely human. She would have like some empath and like telepathic powers so That's she could cool. help people in therapy. She's probably um, my favorite character. Yeah. You had like the, the crusher. She was the, the medical base scientist woman. So that was cool. Mm. Her son was kind of a tool and everybody like harassed that actor, Will Wheaton, for a long time, which is sad. Um, wow. Yeah, and Whoopi Goldberg was even on it for like two Yay. seasons Whoopi or so. Goldberg. And I'm I looking up her name because I suddenly can't remember. Kate Mulgrew was the captain in mm. Voyager. No, I think that's cool because I think that definitely uh, sci-fi was like male dominant and still is. Yeah, well, in like the original, you had Ahura, and um, nowadays Zoe Saldana plays her in the reboots. And um, I'm trying to think, there was seven of nine. She was like half. Uh, robot person. They were the Borg, and then she was like a re- <laughs> They're the awesome ones. So first contact. It's a great movie. They're like robot a species of like robot species mm-hmm. collective that take over people. Mm-hmm. And so she was someone that had been rescued, but she still has like half the parts. Like Cybermen. Yeah, she was like Cyber Woman. Yeah, it was, it was cool. the Cybermen Doctor Who. Ooh, like, okay. like they're bad race. They take yeah, human and bad. like you will be upgraded. Yeah, it's the thing. They say like, like resistance us. is futile. Yes. And so, yeah. Yeah, so um, very cool. Uh, I had one more question. It might have gone away, though. Five, four. The only reason I didn't pick this as one of my main ones is because it's been so long since I've watched most of the episodes that I didn't feel like... massive. Oh, it's also I mean, massive, yeah. That's how it's going to go with mine. Well, so. right, but I feel like there's so many Trekkies out there that know mm-hmm. every single detail, and mm-hmm. I'm not one of them. Like, I watched it a ton in the 90s. Bring down their wrath upon us. I know, right? I, I, I'm going like, to put this out there. There are a lot of good things, too. We don't know anything. We don't know anything. Well, we're I just, speak for me. I we're don't know friends, anything. and we're talking about <laughs> stuff that we love, and we're nerdy, but, like, we're no way saying that our opinions are correct. Tweet at us how wrong we are. Correct us. one. That's right. Or, you know, tell us what you, like, what you would recommend yeah. starting with. I recommend starting with Next Generation because I still believe it's the best one. But if you disagree, if you're a hardcore Deep Space Nine fan, I feel like and you tweet need... us your pictures of your red shirts because I know people That's have right. them. Um, I believe that uh, my husband dressed up as a very pale android named Data for Halloween once as a kid. And since he is a very pale person in general, I don't <laughs> think that he had to do much other than wear the outfit. <laughs> Amazing. Which I think is great. <laughs> also, shout out to him for being our sound engineer. That's Thank right. you. Yep, shout out. All right. So, on to our picks that we did actually pick. I keep, like, tapping my notebook. It's like, because you're excited. It's I'm ASMR. Excited. <laughs> it's ASMR. Uh, so, uh, Emily, why don't you get yeah, us started? I'll, I'll go first. Am I actually going to be the middle boy? I'm, we're going to figure this out. Um, sure. So I have actually uh, a few fun questions, but I only actually have one, which is, do movies, books, TV shows, etc. that include space travel automatically classify themselves as sci-fi? I would say no. No. Can you give me examples? I will. When it's um, okay, okay. Okay, the, sh- the film <laughs> Gravity that recently mm-hmm. came out, I feel like so, is a... It's a feel-good film. Is it accurate? Like... What would have happened mm-hmm. in that case, or like Apollo thirteen? Yeah, um, that's so, like, just an actual thing. Like, sci-fi? I, I mean, it is no, realistic. No, it's, it's like not, it's not it's fiction. Like, it really, yeah, happened. it's fi- it's science fiction. Is what sci-fi is short for. I would so. say it's a an adaptation of a real event that just happened to take place. In so, space. what about time travel? I know this was in our last episode, but I forgot to ask this question. 
Well, I feel like that is science fiction, but it can be based in and truth. In truth and mm-hmm. science, which one of my picks is going to have. Time travel in itself makes something science fiction, but you can yes. have it coupled with something else. Like when yeah. I talked about time travelers, well. well, like also a uh, um, example that we didn't say last time, which was that one on Netflix where the girl goes back in time and she's a nurse. Uh, oh my gosh. Outcast. Yeah. Outcast. Outlander. Oh, yeah. Outcast. <laughs> we got there. We got there. Outcast is a... one-third of the brain cell. <laughs> Outcast is an excellent scene. horror graphic novel, though, by Robert Kirkman, if you're looking for... Um, do you have it? I, want to I do. I have it. Um, <laughs> put it onto your book. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll put that on there. Outlander. Oh my gosh, my mom loves that. She's If she listens, she's going to be friend, so mad. My friend, Cassandra, and I, I love that as well. I took it out on Libby, and I returned it. You Outlander? The book? Oh, oh yeah. I asked oh, my mom, though, when we were going to do this, and I was like, is it really time travel, though, or does she just go back the once, and then she's stuck there? And she wouldn't answer it, because I think it was a plot point. Yeah. Or, but I don't know. But I feel like if it but is so about is time it, travel, probably. Let's mode. say, and tweet me if I'm wrong, let's say she <laughs> don't just tweet goes. tweet her. She doesn't want that. It doesn't matter. You're going to get all right. the tweets. <laughs> so tweet Emily if Erica's wrong. If, um, <laughs> Tea and Tails one. There you go. Twitter. <laughs> Erica doesn't have a Twitter. Stock her on Facebook. Um, <laughs> so if, if she goes back in time mm-hmm. and then is just there, mm-hmm. does it continue to be sci-fi? I don't know. That's like, historical. That is just historical, and she just has like this knowledge. Yeah, because I looked up the definition the other day, and it was like science fiction is like, like non-real things that involve time travel and space exploration, which is like what we're talking about. So I think, but it is time. I travel. feel like there's like a few that are crossing the line of like they are science fiction now, mm-hmm. but um, in the past maybe or like now like. In the future, there'll be not so much fiction, mm-hmm. like The Martian, for instance. Oh, yeah, like yeah. I feel like The Martian is a very plausible, based in science thing. It's fiction because mm-hmm. obviously we haven't gone to Mars yet. But I think, you know, twenty, thirty, forty years down the line, that could be completely plausible. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, most of the space exploration things that we'll talk about are science fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Enough rabbit trailing. I just yeah, wanted no, to like, I think give that's, that, a good, that's a good, a good point. All right, so I am. This is Emily, by the way. If you can't tell our voices apart yet, you'll probably Mine is one the day. annoying one. <laughs> Erica's the high one. Erica, you have a great voice. All right, um, I am doing uh, Skyward, which is a 2018 young adult science fiction novel written by Brandon Sanderson. Whoop, whoop. The book takes place in the ruined world of Detritus. His friends call him Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> <laughs> they know I don't know. <laughs> Reminds me, what is the name of that guy from the Gravity Falls? So, uh, Blender Blender! Yeah, there we go. Okay. <laughs> so good. Okay, call back. All right. It's good, it's good. Um, <laughs> well, okay. Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> um, it follows young Spencer, who is trying to, who, who wants to become a fighter pilot like her father before her. Um, uh, like, in the very beginning of the book, this is a little bit spoilery, but you'll, like, learn about it right away. Uh, she's, like, very young, and she's, she's, like, going through this cave system with her dad and her dad gets summoned to battle and at the very end of the battle she has to like head home and like he becomes a traitor he like falls out of line and like tries to attack his, his squad mates and so his his teammate actually shoots him down so that's like the setting of the book what so <laughs> it no, is I'm gonna, gonna read it chapter is the know epilogue you have it downstairs I'm just kidding read it. the epilogue is the ending damn I'm done. If we call him that, that's when we need an edit. We can reclaim it. 
claimed we knew nothing and we delivered. I already gave that. Yep. It's okay. We learned what a prologue was. It was such a teacher moment right there. I'm sorry. No, no. Um, It's good. We all have to learn. That's right. So, uh... So basically, the story follows her getting into flight school. There is a little bit of, uh, like, her, like, she gets there. Spoilers again. But, uh, <gasps> That'd be a very short book. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's, sorry. And, um, and it follows how she makes these connections with her, her uh, crewmates and how they kind of look down on her because she's branded, like, a, a traitor's, traitor's daughter. And traitor's daughter, not a traitor's daughter. Traitorous. Traitorous daughter. He traded things. <laughs> um, and I guess a lot of the book doesn't necessarily deal with space exploration, but more of the process of getting to the point where someone could uh, go and explore space. Um, there's a really, really cool moment towards the end of the book where she does get to do that. Um, but I won't give you any more spoilers. You'll have to read it. Um, the characters are great. It's very, like, young adult, like, angsty. Bubblegum? Or? It's it's between bubblegum and, like, more than bubblegum. <laughs> bubblegum you took from the ground. Yeah, it's like hard bubblegum where you Ew. have to chew it a couple of times. Because oh, yeah. there's definitely times where you're like, oh, no, what's going to happen? And there's there are some sad moments in the book as Did well. Did you cry? No. Hmm. But <laughs> and I'm not going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> Never talks about anything again. Um... You didn't cry. It's not it's worth not reading. Worth um, but yeah, so the, the reason why they are joining uh, to become fighter pilots is because they're in a battle against this alien race called the Krell that like come and down and attack them, and so they they send the, the fighter pilots up to like face them and. Like, they train for a day, and they're sent up to, like, fight them. So is this, like, a better version of Ender's Game? That I don't I know Ender Game. <laughs> Ender's Game. I feel like, just like we're anything. not mentioning that book about Wizard Boys, I'm going to just constantly talk Jerry? about how is much I hate Ender's Gary Borper? <laughs> yeah. the, I know there's no Wizard Boy that travels to space. I was going to say. Time he space. He, maybe he, like, <laughs> space time. I um, on a broom. Maybe, maybe Buckbeak can go into space. Ooh, I don't know. Maybe we just don't know. But it's space adventure. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I oh my god! Wizard children <laughs> learn their planet. Is there a fan fiction about Buckbeak and space? I wouldn't oh be god! I'm oh yeah. rule thirty-four. <laughs> All right, we'll find it. All right, so I have questions. I yeah. Okay, so um, is this a book that because you mentioned it's young adult, mm-hmm. and I know that like I also read young adult novels because they are good. They're my, they and are. I don't. They don't have to just be They're read easy by to chew. young adults. They're, yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot more out with sci-fi fantasy than there were when I was growing up. They so. go quick. It's, like, not yeah. terribly tech. Yeah, but do you feel like this one is specifically more geared towards the younger generation and just other people can enjoy it? Or yeah. do you think it's, like, treading the line? So I, I feel like I enjoy young adult novels. So, like, maybe I'm not the best person to ask. I don't think somebody... I, I don't know. It would really depend if you like sci-fi also. Mm-hmm. I think that anybody could enjoy this book, but yes, it is geared towards, like, with the writing and, like, the characterization of the characters. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. definitely geared towards um, younger audience, but anyone can enjoy the book. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to say, I would suggest this book for people who like young adult novels and sci-fi. Cool. And then, <laughs> and then I talked... They have a bunch of, like, uh, they have a really, really cool, um, like, system for how they fly and talking about, like, G-force and thrust and all that stuff. But I don't remember because I read this book earlier this year. So is this a standalone or is it part of, like, a trilogy? It is part of a trilogy. Or, no, it's going to be four, I think. So there's this this one. And then there's the second one, which I've started, not finished. There is a prequel. A prologue, Mm. if you will. A prologue. And then there's another one that's coming out later. (laughs) 
our vocabulary of the day is prologue. Listen, I felt Brought so by the letter P. in the moment. I like, <laughs> It'll get you every time. Oh, no, never. It's here forever, too. Good, you're welcome. All right, favorite part. Um, My favorite part is when she actually is able to go and fly because it's such a long... She's like, hell yeah! ...journey for... Well, she also is this, like... Like, typical Gryffindor character. Like, bold, brash. Like, I will conquer the stars. People hate me because my dad was awful. But, like, he wasn't. I'm and 12 like, and I'm amazing. She's 17. <laughs> it's the <laughs> statement stands. <laughs> um, and so I, I like the moment where uh, she's able to fly. But she also kind of is humbled because it's a lot harder than she just thought in theory. Um, also, my favorite character is uh, a character named Bim. Uh, it was one of her names in this book. Good. It Tell seems like a young adult. Spencer. Like, not Er, Spencer. Spencer. Oh my god, if that's not a young adult book, then I don't know what it is. Spencer's like Spencer Nightshade. And then, oh my god. <laughs> I gotta go. Yeah, no, what are you doing, man? My favorite, okay, she's actually my favorite character, but I like Bim because he has blue hair. And his name is Bim. Yeah. Like B I M? You guys him with the blue hair. Like, I think you need to read, um, Said a Lainey Taylor one. I'll come up with what. Listen, people she has with blue cool hair. hair. She's I'm naturally blue hair. Um, like I anime characters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna figure out what it is. Um, I think I'm just mad because to get blue hair, I have to do a lot of things. Daughter of Smoke and Bone. I haven't read it yet, but it's down in my basement. That name is familiar. She. It's like an urban fantasy, and she. Her hair. People blue. can have naturally blue. Of hair. course it is, and I'm sure there's like um. Uh, like a romance in it or like a oh well, there's also romance in you said it was a YA novel so yeah. that kind of goes without saying it would have to be yeah. yeah which is not my favorite part of books yeah. in general I'm like oh, okay this is here sometimes it's like oh this is cute and other times I'm like this is so much House that of the Cerulean Sea is one where you're like yeah, yeah. okay uh, we'll that's that nothing one. to do with <laughs> nothing to do with so space uh, we will get to that book <laughs> oh, it's so good okay. it's very good we could have a whole podcast on um, that book because it's Great. Yeah. I would cool. definitely recommend the book, though. Just, like, very young young adult. Though. Yeah. Cool. Well done. Cool, cool, cool. I choose Sarah A little Gomez. boy, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I had two picked out, and then I did some... Did you change them again? No, no, no. Well, yes. <laughs> I did some brief Googling, and then I was like, wait, yeah. There's... Stop laughing at me. Go spill your tea on your computer. Fit my tea everywhere. So... Ah! This <laughs> computer. Oh no! Did I stop it? No, no I didn't. Okay. okay. This book has welcome, space exploration, but it's not really the point. So it's probably not a great example of space exploration. Good job. We're but it's a start. great book, and we're all like listeners. I also forgot what book you picked, even though you told me thirty <laughs> twelve minutes, minutes ago. ago. Yeah. This book is called uh, The Little Prince. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a novella by a French aristocrat writer and an aviator. We're, we're gonna try to pronounce this. Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. Yeah, I can't help you with that one. Okay. <laughs> uh, if you need a spelling or whatever, go to Wikipedia. That's what I did. Tweet at us with the <laughs> tweet. Don't tweet. Don't tweet. Tweet tails one. Tweet tails one. We want Emily's inbox flooded with angry tweets. It's also a movie, but that is less space explory, so don't focus on that part. Explorious. I like that. We are we are replacing that as our word of the day. It's no longer prologue. Glorious. <laughs> oh my god, is that how Buffy gets his <laughs> No, he kicked him really hard. Oh god. Um, I did watch the movie once with my mom. We were both drinking wine, and the ending is heckin' sad. So we were like, you should do that in a French movie. 
We were like, <laughs> you and mom listened to Sam. We, we were like crying. It was great. We were like, don't look at each other. <laughs> um, it was written in April 1943. The story follows a young prince who explores several planets and learns about life and love and is generally pretty sad, but in a good and appealing way. Like, buckle up, friends. It's sad. Okay. <laughs> um, the story begins with a quick... Uh, this is bad wording, but we're going to get through it. The story begins with a quick story told by the narrator depicting a picture he drew when he was a kid, which at first glance looked like a hat, but is actually a snake being digested by an elephant. Of course. Because most adults Hats. don't understand that it is an elephant at first glance, the author chooses to write most grown-ups off. Which, fair. Instead of an artist, he becomes a pilot and crashes in the desert by himself with only eight days' worth of... No! My computer... Eight days' worth of water... This is right. I handwrite everything. Fair. Smart, smart. After his first night, he's awakened by a tiny golden-haired prince requesting that he draw a sheep. Repeatedly. He makes friends with the kid by drawing him a sheep that is drawing a crate that holds the sheep that the boy wants. Basically, so the boy can imagine the sheep however he wants. I am so lost. I know. (laughs) The prince has a habit of asking a bunch of questions and not really answering any questions that get asked to him. So the narrator doesn't really get any information about where he came from, except that his planet is hecking small. The narrator believes the prince's planet of origin to be asteroid B612 and says a bunch of stuff about how adults must categorize everything. So if you must blah, 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 this is where the prince lives. (laughs) Um... (laughs) The prince tells the narrator many stories about other planets that he visits that are not his own. Um, where did I go? Um, on his own planet, he has to Space. uproot... <laughs> we did. Uh, what do you call them? Weeds that grow super fast. I can't pronounce the word. B-A-O-B-A-B-S. Babble. Sure. Yes. Yes. He also talks about a flower that he loves but doesn't quite understand that is like a person... It sounds very complicated. It kind of isn't as much. It's like I'm so confused. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's a book. You have to read it. Yeah, it's a quick read though. It's French and it's about space and princes. Yeah, it's about visiting planets. It's like a book that a father would like read to his child before the child goes to bed, so that the child will feel like loved, but also a little suspicious about the world in general. Is this child's name Louis? No, it's a it's (laughs) a like my dog. Yeah, there you go. He's not drinking water anymore. No, he's not. Okay. Where was I? Where was I? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Basically, he goes to a bunch of planets and meets a bunch of, like, grown-ups that are self-involved or, you know, can't see the forest because of the trees. It's a bunch of, like, allegories for life lessons, but told in a way that a kid could understand. Mm -hmm. Cool. Basically. Um, And then it says, then a bunch of sad stuff happens at the end. Just kidding. <laughs> There's a lot of allegory. It is pretty sad at the end when the... Mm, when nope. This is kind of a spoiler. Don't, no, 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 don't, don't do it. Don't do it. It's pretty sad at the end. How? Yes. Uh, thinking about this, it probably wasn't the best choice for space travel because the main point of the book isn't the space travel. It is literally never explained. The prince is just like, ha ha, la la, who cares if you understand? Answer my questions. However, there is space travel in it, and I picked it. So, ha 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 ha. So, so is there how, a spaceship? Yeah. How, how did they travel? Mm-hmm. He just doesn't make say. it up. He <laughs> doesn't say. He and then he's like, I went to the asteroid where so he's there's an alcoholic who drinks because like, he's ashamed of how much he drinks, so he drinks. Mm-hmm. Or like... There's a, I went to a different asteroid on a different day where a guy was taking note of the stars because he wants to own them all. So the only way he can do that is by having a note of all of but them. But he was able to, like, explore planets, which yes. is space exploration. And he went to Earth. 
and did some stuff on Earth. Yeah. So would you recommend this as more of a kid's book that is just fun to read? Or do you think it's... It's like a heavy kid's book or like a like a spicy cup of tea for a grown-up. Mm. Yeah. Who would you like, compare it to? It's like sad Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. It's like very sad, A. spicy <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> I want to read it, but I know it's sad, so I've been... Holding off on It's that not block. like, uh, sad. It's like, not like time to waste. Me? It's like, if you have depression, you'll have more depression. <laughs> oh, Hopefully. Yeah. What is your favorite part in the book? That's not a spoiler. Um, yeah. So there's a part where he meets a fox. And the fox, fox is I like. I fox socks on today. Yes. Is it the fox socks? <gasps> I bought those. I almost wore them today. Aww. Are they the panel socks? No. No, they're different fox socks. Because we have multiple. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I feel like between the two of us, we have like 10 pairs of fox socks. I have so many socks. <laughs> she never wears a match. <laughs> That's oh, true. Me I mean, they're black and white and stuff. Mine are matchy. And they're just black. Um, but anyways, the fox um, meets the prince and he's like, I want to be tamed by you. And he's like, I'm a wild fox, and I want to be tamed. And the boy's like, what does that mean? And he's he talks about how, like, being tamed means um, that you allow yourself, pretty much like you allow yourself to be vulnerable to someone, and that person becomes more important to you than anyone else in the world, basically. So the prince gets upset because he he's in love with his flower that's on his asteroid. And he comes to Earth, and he finds out that there's a bunch of flowers that are just like his flower back on the asteroid. Yeah. But the fox says no. The, the flower and you tamed each other. So she is unique to you from all the other flowers in the world. And you are unique to her from all the other princes in the world. Huh. I like that. And yeah. It's really cute. That's good. Yeah. I, yeah life lessons for kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Discussion question. What would you want your asteroid to be like? Um, I'd like to be able to breathe on it. Sure. <laughs> but, um, music. This is more like introspective than, you know, breathing. It's like the point um, on the planet is like the I would like one it thing. to have the weather temperament of a uh, nice fall day where I just need like a sweatshirt or a plaid. Bring it back to plaid. Yeah, bring it back to plaid. Yeah, that, that's how about that lots works. of dogs? I feel like sure. mine would be a bookshop where I continuously purchase books but never have time to read them, and all the buildings are made of books and there's sacks. a crabby old just book so it just yeah. it. looks like the bookshop in good omens is yes that what you're saying? Okay. yes or like books and melodies yeah mm-hmm. it's a great mm-hmm. store in central new york so yes yeah. check it out it's on james mm-hmm. street um who's your favorite character the fox the fox uh-huh. does it have a name fox <laughs> good come on now he does travel in space it counts it counts, it uh-huh. counts. uh-huh space explorious Space Explorious. 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 Explorious Deo. Well, speaking of life lessons, sort Yay. of. Is my Transitions. Pick. I know. Transitions. So smooth. Look at us go. So seamless. So mine is less about, I mean, it has life lessons in there. It's more a commentary on humanity and cultures. But uh, mine is one of my favorite books of all time yeah, because Ooh. it's called... Children of Time. Oh, oh, I have a copy of this yeah. in my room. Um, it, yeah, is it mine? Good. No, it's yours. No, it's mine. <laughs> I, I, I is it mine? It's not. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, we have a lot of each other's. No, books. mine is unique to me in all the world. <laughs> uh, it hasn't tamed you yet, though. Um, <laughs> Children of Time. Is a, sorry, that was a really <laughs> You caught me off guard. <laughs> Sorry, the puns just they come out. Oh, okay, um, good. Children of Time is a 2015 novel by Adrian Tchaikovsky, 
who, for whatever reason I do not understand, is not really a well-known name in sci-fi fantasy yet. Um, yet his books are tremendous. He writes a lot of them. Um, I feel like he writes almost at the pace of Stephen King, except his books are like three times as dense, so I don't know how it's like possible. Um, <laughs> but um, maybe he's a time traveler. Yeah, maybe he is. Uh, so Adrian Tchaikovsky is from the UK, and he originally studied biology and psychology and then also practiced law before he became a writer. Like so, you do. Like you do. Um, I haven't really seen, like, the law part come into it, but a lot of his books feature animals in some fashion, and he uses, like, his biology um, scientific background uh, to contribute to those. So, um, basically, uh, this one has been... Uh, it received the Arthur Clarke Award for Best Novel because it's awesome. And I told myself I was going to read the synopsis from Goodreads, and then I forgot to pull it up. So here we go. Um, Keep talking till you okay. get it. Here we go. Dead here we space. go. Here, right, we here we go. go. I got it. Okay. Um, the last remnants of the human race left a dying earth, desperate to find a new home among, among the stars. Following in the footsteps of their ancestors, they discovered the greatest treasure of the past age, a world terraformed and prepared for human life. But all is not right in this new Eden. In the long years since the planet was abandoned, the work of its architects has borne disastrous fruit. The planet is not waiting for them, pristine and unoccupied. New masters have turned it from a refuge into mankind's worst nightmare. Now two civilizations are on a collision course, both testing the boundaries of what they will do to survive. As the fate of humanity hangs in the balance, who are the true heirs of this new Earth? So I feel like the synopsis is, That's like, a lot. <laughs> a lot, but also kind of leaves out so many important things that, like, going into it are but wait, like good more. Yeah, but like good to know. So I kind of wrote my own sort of synopsis with it. Um so basically the prologue starts with <laughs> and there's that word <laughs> there that it is. So the prologue starts with a scientist named Avrana Kern overseeing a terraformed planet. So they're in like the near future, let's say that they're trying to terraform uh, multiple planets, and this is the planet she has been assigned to. And her idea to make it inhabitable for humans is that um, they've already made it uh, ecologically inhabitable, but she's going to send uh, monkeys down and a nanovirus to uplift the monkeys in a couple generations, meaning that they're going to be smarter and kind of help set up the world for the humans to come. Mm -hmm. However... Um, you know, the world is in chaos because they're already looking for new worlds to expand out to. And she is sabotaged by a faction that believe they people should stay on Earth, even though the Earth is dying. And so she's sabotaged. The monkeys, like their spaceship kind of burns up on impact. And the virus instead goes to the animals that are already living on the planet, no. which in this case are spiders. I've read... I've read just up to about where you're describing it. I'm like, okay. Okay. So... If you are not a spider person, this can turn off a lot of people because I know a lot of people are afraid I of like spiders. Spiders. And why did it have to be spiders? But however, I I know like people that have not liked spiders have really really liked this book because it kind of shows them a new way of looking at spiders. And also for me, like nowadays, if I see a spider in my house, like I do everything in my power to kind of just like let it be or get it outside because I think of this book all the time. So, whereas the virus was supposed to be helping the monkeys over just a few generations, what happens when this is sabotaged is that the entire Earth goes dark, and basically, um, most of humanity is wiped out. 
So at this point, we skip ahead in time. There's no time travel. It's more <laughs> just time, it's a time has thing. lapsed. Mm-hmm. Um, and now humanity has come back from basically um, the Dark Ages, and they've formed a new civilization, and enough time has elapsed to now they're able to do space travel again. So imagine how much time we've had to take us to this point. That's how much time has kind of elapsed. And they talk about the old world, and some of them are using ships that were created. So basically... They go out into space looking for new worlds because an ice age is coming again and they need a new place to go. So that brings us to the chunk of the book. Half of the book is told from the perspective of the spiders over multiple generations because there's thousands of years passing. So obviously the spiders aren't going to live longer. Beyond They're just them. being spaces. Yeah. And they, what they, he's done is he's named, he's given them um, like names based on like their genus and like the type. So Portia huh. is the main one because it's named after like the Portia mm-hmm. spider and Bianca. He's like, so he's like, let's call this one Bianca. And so like, <laughs> and, and, right. And it'll be like, this is not the Bianca from before, but one of her like generations. Aww. And the spiders evolve in like natural ways. They don't start like talking in the but sense that like they communicate and they mm-hmm. start building like cities out of webs and they start they basically like enslave ants who also were uplifted a bit and they can train and they start making like radio waves and all these things using like their webbing and it's like super cool and then the other part is the humans that are put in hypersleep and keep waking up every couple hundred years every time they get close to a planet and being like is this one is this one and they find this one and it's like they see these monstrous spiders because <laughs> they're like bigger mm-hmm. they're not like um, like, I don't know, King Kong-like. They're just, like, four-foot big spiders, you know? And they're like, oh, man, we can't go here. So that's basically, you get the culture being created by the spiders, and then you get the culture of humanity that's, like, trying to survive, and yet the same old problems keep happening on the ship, like people are revolting and trying to be like, oh, you're, I don't know, the anti-mask people, you're taking my freedoms, we want to do this. Like, there's like all these stupid things that humans continue to do. It like keeps Even happening. within our own history. Yeah, so I feel like um, it's a really good examination of just building a culture and um, really well written. The science and the biology took a lot of time to study the spiders and stuff like that. And I would recommend it for fans of, like, The Expanse, um, The Three-Body Problem, and... Another one that's on my stack. It's slightly less science-y than Three-Body Problem, so if you're, like, not super into hard science, um, I think this one's, like, a good bridge. Or, like, long sci-fi space opera epics. So, yeah. It was... What I've read so far, it's been really good. I love it. And what was the title again? Children of Time. I think I would try that. Mm-hmm. And, like, this, the method of travel is just, like, really friggin' big spaceship mm-hmm. to house humanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have a name for them. I can't remember what the name of the ships is, but basically. Um, spaceships. <laughs> Giant ships. that they can, Ships. And it's told mostly from the perspective of a historian that can read, like, old Earth writing, which is just our writing now. Mm-hmm. And so he keeps getting woken up to be like, can you read what this person wrote about this planet? And he's like, what? <laughs> and then, like... People have aged all differently, so they might start out younger and they've been woke, like awakened mm-hmm. at different times. That's and so, cool. like the, the perspectives of like relationships change based on when they're awake for different things. So, mm-hmm. um, I just really like it. And there's a sequel called Children of Ruin, um, which is also very very good. In that one, the uplifted species is octopi, <gasps> and Ooh. so obviously there's some different things that would come with that, and how they communicate versus water. like our spiders, <laughs> and the problem of water, water in space mm-hmm. is a, a thing. So inertia is a big problem. So cool. Um, 
Who is your favorite, favorite character? <laughs> um, I, Portia. And I, there's mm-hmm. many, the many spiders, Portias. It's like, I feel like it's good. The, the spiders, spiders are, my main, are my favorites. And some of the Portias are better than others. And mm-hmm. some of the Biancas are. Yeah. Portias and like some of them are like the leaders and like Biancas, the scientists. And then there's like the male spiders, which in spider culture, like... Currently, the females are the more dominant. So there's basically um, a lot of commentary on, like, early feminism is, like, the the male spider keeps... He's a scientist, and each generation he keeps trying to get more respect, and they're always like, no, you can dance for us, and we may or may not eat you after. Like, (laughs) like, which is just, like, they're keeping that, like, still there, so... Mm -hmm. And everyone I know that's read it, that even if they haven't liked spiders, has really, really liked it, so... Mm -hmm. Don't turn that, like, has a, has a turn off. So I keep flipping to the wrong page. Um, we're at that point where we had a few recommendations yeah. by people on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, friends, as it were. Yeah, friends. Uh, so the there have been two graphic novels recommended, which we didn't get too many of. One is Saga. Mm-hmm. We talked about Brian K. Vaughn last week with, or last episode, with <laughs> whenever you're listening. It's the same week. <laughs> Um, Brian Kivon and Fiona Staples uh, recommended by KCC and that is about a husband and wife from long warring extraterrestrial races flee authorities from both sides of a galactic war as they struggle to care for their daughter who was born at the beginning of the series and occasionally narrates as an unseen adult she's great for mature audiences only because there's some TV boys in there (laughs) I like it though I'm only like three or four it is bonkers it is bonkers um, I saw it described when I was looking up stuff about it. I mean, I've I've read it, but it's Star Wars meets Game of Thrones. And I feel like that's a pretty good comparison. That's interesting, yeah. yeah. Like, um, as far as, like, um, content warnings, Game of Thrones, that would also apply to this graphic yeah. novel. Um, the thing I really liked about that, well, and I'm not all the way through it, but, like, and I've told you this before, is that everybody... Every character, pretty much, or group of characters is fighting towards something. And they're all kind of fighting against each other. But you're kind of rooting for all of them, with some exceptions. Yeah. Like, you kind of want everyone to be successful, but they can't all be successful. So it's really interesting. It's like you can't all get first place. Exactly. The other uh, graphic novel is Guardians of the Galaxy, um, which is obviously a movie. Yeah, it's a movie. Mm -hmm. I have read a few of the comics. I'm not a huge fan of those comics specifically, but maybe I just haven't found the right like superhero comics or like no specifically guardians of the Mm -hmm. galaxy i just maybe i haven't found the right runs um Mm -hmm. because i really like the movies the Um, movies are very good and i'm not a like super i'm not a superhero movie fan but like yeah i think out of like marvel movies um, that's not my first choice but like superhero in general but guardians of the galaxy they hold up yeah well uh for tv series we have um, Doctor Who, which mm-hmm. we talked about, Lost in Space from Wade, um, another one called Another Life, uh, an alien artifact lands on Earth, but scientists are unable to communicate with it. They send a spaceship to discover origins of the artifact. But it was talked about from friends William and Amy, and both of them said it was really bonkers, but they both also suggested it, so. We could also say Paper Girls for graphic novel. Yeah, there is some space travel. space travel in there, definitely. Yeah. We've got to plug that word. That's right. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Uh, the awesome. Orville is a, like, Star Trek sort of kind of thing. That's to watch list. Yeah. It's supposed to be funny, right? It is supposed to be funny. Yeah. I think I've seen, like, an episode of The Girl from Friday Night Lights is in it. And, mm-hmm. and um, what is she on? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's in both of those. Nice. Can't think of her name. 
I'm sure somebody will that tweet one at lady. us. Tweet at us. Tegan Tales <laughs> one. Tegan Tales <laughs> one. And Do it. Tales one. <laughs> now we can't change the name. We can't follow, us, follow us on Twitter. Tegan Tales one. It's um, not changing it. <laughs> the other series that like everybody recommended was The Expanse, which is both a book series and a TV series. I haven't heard of it. I feel like really? I yeah. I don't feel like I have a lot of classic sci-fi under my belt. No, it's a current thing. I feel like I you don't have a lot of sci-fi under my belt either. So I feel it's like we do that thing where we're like, we like this TV show. It's comfortable to watch it. We know it happens. We'll, we'll watch, watch it seven thousand times. Steven <laughs> <the> Universe. <laughs> I mean, I do some of that. Yeah, most of it with We've Michael Sheer comedies, but um, and and Shit's Creek, but uh, Shit's Creek is so bad. definitely I not. Space we do an entire Shit's Creek episode where we each pick a Ooh, episode, I like two episodes. Yes, because sure. we're just doing Sorry, that was an idea. You can cut that out. We're gonna write them. <laughs> you just spout. <laughs> No. Stop smacking things. Um, the Expanse, though, <laughs> Sorry, you heard it. That's what I said. Um, the Expanse is based on novels by James S.A. Corey, which I learned um, after I finished the first book. is actually not a person. It is a writing duo. Neither of their names are James or Corey, but that's what they go by. Um, like you do. It is set in a future where humanity has colonized the solar system. And um, moons, uh, like side of Saturn and stuff. It follows a band of antiheroes as they unwittingly unravel and place themselves at the center of a conspiracy which threatens the system's fragile state of Cold War. Basically, there's a Cold War between Earth and Mars and... Go Mars! And the, uh, <laughs> like the satellite system outside of um, Saturn is kind of caught in the middle. And they have like all these ice haulers and things like that that... They're basically being used as like a territory, and mm. they are sick of it, and they don't want to take no more. So, um, I read the book, and then I watched the first season, which is most of the first book, and I'm almost caught up. I I like the series better. It the started, TV yeah, book. yeah, it's That's rare. So rare. You heard um, it here, folks. It was wow. it's originally on Sci-Fi, and then it got canceled because it was really expensive, and then Amazon picked it up for the last three seasons, and. They haven't made the last two, but they said we will They're do five good. and six. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we had a lot of people recommend that one. And then the movies we have um, Star Wars, Star Trek, which you talked about, mm-hmm. Galaxy Quest. Woo woo! Mm-hmm. If you like Star Trek, uh, you will like Galaxy Quest because it's hilarious. <laughs> um, Marvel movies, a lot of space travel. And yeah, some of those. Yeah, Thor. Yeah. Well, like in around. like like superheroes, like they all go to the thing. Well, always. No, like they oh, go yeah. and then DC though. That's not Marvel. They go up to the thing in the sky in the plant. The like, sky thing. I don't know what it's called. Listen, don't tweet at me. It's someone <laughs> like, like at T and Tails. Justice like, League. Justice League. <laughs> they go to the thing in the sky. What's it called? Like I do read a lot of comics and this is <laughs> yeah, hilarious. I think you made this it's up in your No, no, no. It's definitely in some yeah, of I mean, their cars. Superman yelling. is an alien. I know. Someone is like is driving to work. Tower? No, 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 no. <laughs> So Justice League. in the sky just because it's connected to Are you talking about Superman? No, no, no. It was in Young Justice, which uh, a friend of mine is a very big fan of. Okay. But they go, it's like a base in the sky. Yes, that is a thing. What is it called? Sky base. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, We're moving on from this. Don't (laughs) eagerly tweet at us. Tweet at her with so much anger. At T and Tails 1. Be like, this is what you were talking about, you darn Instagram. At T and Tails 1, probably. Oh my god. (laughs) Also, I was just going to throw out Captain Marvel was pretty great. And that one's in space. Yeah. I liked it okay. I mean, it had its problems. I liked the cat that ate stuff. 
Spoil it. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I was like, <laughs> no, that's dang. Not, that's a right. real thing. Oh, well, it's out there. Um, and, then, and then The Martian, of course. Of course. Because that one's I've great. not seen The Martian. I've read 80% of the way through. I saw it, and then I read it. And normally if I see things and then read them, I'm like... I, I, I might like them still a lot. Like, I did that with Jurassic Park and things. But I feel like the suspense isn't there. Mm -hmm. But I was, like, on the edge of my seat in the book, even though I knew what was going to happen. And I feel like there's only That's really one outcome. Though. Because, like, he's trapped on Mars, so he's either going to make it or he's not. Right. Like, you know, but I was just like, oh, my God, what's going to happen I'm to him next? And I was very stressed, and I read it in, like, big chunks because even though I had seen the movie. That's adorable. That's like, yeah, like, I can't put it down. And you're like, I have to sleep, but nope. This no, was one I read outside when everybody was quarantined. I read it on my deck and, like, read it for, like, in the sun. In the sun, yeah. Oh, you were getting that vitamin D. You were right. living a good in life. In Syracuse, yeah. though? Yeah. In the summer? Sometimes. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. Well, let's keep going because hey. here we were trying to make a shorter one and it's not going to happen, but no. that's okay. We talked a lot about Star Wars and Star Trek. We did. We did. It, it was, was good, intro. though. It was a... Pro prologue. That's right. Good job. <laughs> Yay. Good job. Gold star? It's, yes, I don't have yes. a gold star. Oh, Erica yes. does. Okay. She's have, a teacher. I do. I give, out, I give out um, non-existent gold stars oh. a lot. <laughs> I always tell them that you get a gold star, star, and then they look at me, and I'm like, I don't have one. Sarah says, you tried star. <laughs> you tried star. Which is like, you didn't Ooh, quite mean, make I it. didn't make that up. I feel oh, like if mind. I said that, that would be mean as a teacher. You tried star. You tried star. It would only be funny if, like, the student is like, wow, that went terribly. Wow. And then I could be like, you get a, you tried star. <laughs> you <laughs> and that, that situation's appropriate. An attempt was made. But if they did, if they tried their best and they thought it was good, then I can't do that. Oh, but you have to encourage the young. Wait, I would say that's a Really I'm return. not a teacher. I'd be like, that sucked. Go take a baking. Sometimes I'll like be like, wow, nice job. And they'll be like, no, it wasn't. That sounded awful. And I'll just be like, well, I didn't say it was concert ready. I just said you did a nice job. Aww, explaining your compliment. Yeah, right? Like, you had some nice ideas. And yet. Yeah. And prologues. All right. So, Emily, what's your next? Do you want to go in the same order? Um, yeah, sure. Okay, that's fine. All right, so my second one is, uh, I'm actually surprised no one uh, suggested this one. It's, I guess, not as big as a lot of them that were named, um, but it's it's called Stargate. Uh, it's a franchise. I say franchise because there's many TV shows, movies, graphic novels. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a video game. There is an animated series. I didn't even know that there was more than one movie. I, like, there's, like, movies that follow the first TV show. Listen, animated series about a franchise. <laughs> Supernatural. <laughs> I feel like so other than dicey. Clone Wars, there's been very few successes. <sighs> Clone Wars? Mm, Clone Wars is so good. So I first watched, uh, I was a really good friend, uh, fan of Firefly, and I saw that Jules T was playing a character in Stargate Atlantis. Um, didn't realize that she didn't really wasn't a main character and didn't come on until the third season of Atlantis. So I watched through that first. And then when I got through that series, I was like, oh, there's another series. Look at these characters that are coming in from this other show that already existed. So I did go back and watch the original series, which is called SG-1. It follows uh, a group of four people, one being an alien Named Tilk, uh, one two being like military personnel. What is which, with the names? Is that the guy with the sticker on his head? Yeah, it's not a sticker. It's like a special mark or whatever. It's he a is sticker. a warrior. <laughs> it's a warrior I'm look sticker. Up a picture. It's still a sticker. Right, it's, it's, he has hair sometimes, mm -hmm. and sometimes he doesn't. He is so great, and he's a very stoic character. And every look once for in a the while, sticker. 
Uh, just type in teal. Green. I got it. I got it. <laughs> oh, I see um, it. It's a sticker. It's a sticker. <laughs> it is a golden sticker. It's symbol. a warrior sticker, but it's still a sticker. That's um, a lot. Okay. There's two military personnel. Listen. Where's the hair that you promised? He has hair later. Oh. <laughs> um, he's a great character. He's he's wonderful. He adds like a whole. He adds a dynamic to the show, which is great. Uh, Sam Sam Carter and. Uh, Jack O'Neill are like the two military people, and then there's Daniel Jackson, who's like more of the scientist guy. It follows their uh, adventures through the Stargate, which is the way the show title comes Ooh. from. Oh it my is gosh, take giant. a shot, guys. Go, go, um, go. I have to say, Teal looks fabulous. Oh, yeah, he's is he fabulous. He is, he is not fabulous. He's um. a very stoic character, but there are moments where he body stops with somebody and he like goes from this completely stoic guy to like, what's going on? I so. feel like he's got, like, his makeup game is on point this as is an alien. like, 1998 to 2000. Oh, I have something. seen this picture of him in, like, his battle armor. Yeah. Anyways, if he's, you are, if you're listening, maybe uh, take a, take a look. His name is, do you have any cosplay? T-E-A-L apostrophe C. Don't look it up if you're driving, though. Yeah. He's the side of the road. Um... I, I think the four main characters are my favorite characters. They are they are so great. Uh, there is a little bit of switch up, and then they like kind of regroup. Um, but it follows their journeys to different planets. Uh, it is uh, eventually they like make these enemies that are aliens that are tr- trying to come and like dominate Earth, and they're like, "No, we're gonna stop you." So they go through the Stargate, which is a giant metal ring with that like forms this giant portal, and they like type in codes. Ooh. And they walk through. Does it make that sound? It goes. Oh, and like yeah. if you stand in front of it, you die. So don't Ooh. do that. Okay. Um, and um, the character dynamic is so good. So you have like kind of like sassy main dude. And then you have like super focused girl character. Then you have like nerdy scientist. This is very like basic description. Then you have like stoic warrior, which is Teal'c. Um, so it's fabulous for you. He's I'm so telling you, the contouring makeup. makeup is on point. <laughs> the, the pictures that I saw. Yeah. <laughs> Props to the makeup department. We'll, we'll post Except it. Except for that weird sticker on his face. That does not look like a telling. warrior symbol. It's a warrior sticker. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, Worf's warrior makeup looked a little more realistic back in the early 80s. If I put a sticker 80s, on my so. forehead, am I too a warrior? No. You have to battle and be looks kind of like a Taurus type of like. It does look like a Taurus. That's true. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So we did eventually go back and watch the movie, which was the original movie Stargate, which came out in 1994. Which the year of your birth. I know. I'm a baby. Not really. Um, Starring James Spader as Daniel Jackson and Kurt Russell as uh, Colonel Jack Jonathan O'Neill. Jonathan. Jonathan Jack O'Neill. Um, they did not reprise their roles in the series <laughs> <laughs> because I don't think that they wanted to or could be paid to do that. Well, um, I don't know. Kurt Russell's got some strange credits to his name sometimes. Yeah. Um, but this, again, this movie was 26 years ago. I know. <laughs> do you feel old yet? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would definitely. Like, um, I remember 94. I would. Uh, I remember being like, "Oh, guess my mom won't be home for my birthday." <laughs> I'm so sorry for they being bored. My, <laughs> they're born on the same day. If you for moms who was in the week. hospital giving birth, we're gonna talk about this every episode. They right. have the same birthday. It's May twenty fourth. Give us gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Erica's is October 9th. Give her gifts too. Ooh, good call back to our conversation. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
Um, now they can stalk <laughs> us and get our credit cards. They don't have my blood type. Um, I would recommend this this TV show Ooh, for anybody okay. who likes sci-fi, space travel. Uh, there are time travel episodes in it that are really <laughs> good, too. Um, but the first season can be a little hard. There are some corny episodes that you have to kind of get through. Kind of like Buffy. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, no Buffy's in this room. Good. No, Listen, no, it's I fine. didn't get through two episodes. You hated the main character. I hated but such other good characters. I... We'll talk about it's that. It's not fair. a different episode. They don't go to space. We're getting low on time. So, Sarah, what is yours? Right, cool. No questions. Uh, no questions. <laughs> I think you answered all the questions. How do they travel through space and what are your favorite characters? Yeah. Yeah, you got them. Okay. Who do you recommend Gold it to? Star. Gold Star. Yes. Fake Gold Star. It's invisible. <gasps> a it's in a your mind. Star. A faux star. A faux star. I picked, uh, for my second one, a complete... It says left turn o'clock. Rick and Morty. <laughs> Rick and Morty is an American adult so different? Like, science fiction sitcom created by Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon for Cartoon Network's late night programming block, Adult Swim, which has content, 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 of course. Uh, the show premiered on December 2nd, 2013. The series follows the misadventures of cynical mad scientist Rick Sanchez and his good-hearted but fret- fretful, fretful, I took that directly from Wikipedia, fretful grandson Morty Smith, who split their time between domestic life and interdimensional adventures. And then I put in parentheses, Beth is a horse surgeon, because that's his <laughs> mom. She surges horses. Surges? <laughs> Surgeries. Prologue. <laughs> Prologue. <laughs> Operates. <laughs> Operates. Um. The show takes place, I believe, I didn't double check this, but the show takes place in Seattle, Washington, but also everywhere. Rick takes Morty on crazy adventures using a spaceship and a portal gun. Um, and literally everywhere. They go to, there's whole episodes about like citadels filled with AU versions of Rick and Morty that are like lizards or girls or fat i don't know there's tons and tons God, i love alternate universes we'll get to that that's another week yeah. oh yeah 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 fun fact justin roiland who is one of the creators voices both uh rick and morty fun fact our rick my computer battery is low that's not a fun fact our rick is rick sanchez of earth dimension c137 since there are so many alternate universes. If we ever do alternate universes, I'll have boned myself using Rick and Morty here. <laughs> we will. Fun fact. We're going to do it just because that. Yeah. <laughs> Rick and Morty has been described as a never-ending fart joke wrapped around a studio... Uh, I'm sorry. Take, Take two. two. <laughs> Rick and Morty has been described as a never-ending fart joke wrapped around a studied look into nihilism. The series addresses the insignificance of human existence as compared to the size of the universe with no recognizable divine presence. Mm -hmm. Everybody take a shot. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, basically every episode has space travel. I mean, sure, many have interdimensional travel, but, like, it's still in space and they go to other planets and stuff. And I gave one example. An example of space travel is in an episode called uh, look who's purging now. An obvious spoof <laughs> on the purge. Rick and Morty go down to a planet to try and get some windshield washer fluid and get sucked into a purge-like adventure. <laughs> it's a delightful show. It's very, very it's raunchy. They try crass. to push the envelope all the time. But the writing is solid. It has it's a funny. lot of laugh-out-loud moments. Also, Beth is a horse surgeon. <laughs> You're never going to let that when go. When did this one start? When 2013. Uh-huh. I remember watching... I was going to say I thought I was in college, but I was definitely not in college anymore at that point. <laughs> um, I'm, I don't know. I feel like 
Zach and I watched it. That's my husband. And uh, I don't know. We watched a little bit. Mm-hmm. I've only seen a few episodes. It's a lot. It's for a certain type of... It's the time of the day, too. Like, like <laughs> I mean, mind. feel like it was very late at night. And it's we were certain, just like, yeah, what's yeah. on? Adult Central. Adult Swim tends to be yeah. very crass. Like, the, the part of Cartoon Network that it's on has, yeah. like, Children's Hospital. Right, and, right, right. Like, Robot Chicken. Robot Chicken. <laughs> so this is a show very much for, like, like that temperament like of guy, person. President American. It's just really yeah, yeah, funny. If you can kind of get past... It's just, there's a lot. There's a lot of content in it. But they explore space more than the little prince. So how they explore it using a portal? And a spaceship. Oh, okay, they're both. (laughs) Who is your favorite character? Uh, I mean, everyone in the show is just a huge jerk. Everyone on the show is a huge jerk. (laughs) I like the scene. I like Squanchy. Squanch, my family. No, don't say that. I like when they're in the elevator and someone's like, I already peed myself. They're like, what? It's like, well, we're not going to get it. Don't judge me. (laughs) You do not know what just happened. Uh, There's like so many episodes. There's a lot to watch it then. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely give it a try. It is not for children. No, no, no. Please do not watch this. Please children. don't watch this with your parents. That too. Or do. Maybe you have that kind of relationship. If you do, good for you. <laughs> Goodness. Um, what's your favorite episode? Or one of your favorite? Because um, I feel like it's been a minute since you've probably watched it. But. I mean, I watched a couple episodes last night and I was laughing a lot. But I don't remember. <laughs> Good. The one My in favorite. space. Yeah. <laughs> There's <laughs> also, like, there are surprisingly plotful episodes, There's a too. really good episode where um, Rick's spaceship battery dies. So he opens up his spaceship, and he it turns out his battery is a mini-universe uh, made of aliens that are powering his car. But a scientist in the mini-universe has made a minier universe to power his universe and so forth. And it's no. really interesting. Oh, That's goodness. Crazy. That's so yeah. many worlds. It's, I feel like it's like when in Men in Black and they open up and there's like the whole civilization and things. Which we did not mention Men in Black. Nobody. They're not exploring. I guess the explorers have come out to Which that mention list is getting more aliens. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess. Uh, I have a joke. I was going to say we could do our honorable mentions real quick before I do my oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. last one. That is how we have been doing it. Yeah. Which do you want to hear my joke? Okay. Yeah. Is it about prologues? Uh, no, no, no. It's about okay. space. Oh. Uh, I have two jokes, actually. Uh, the first one is, what did the astronaut say to his wife? I don't know. I just need some space. I hate it. What's the next one? The second one is, what is an astronaut's favorite meal? Launch. Launch. I hate it. Oh <laughs> you should God, see Erica's it. face. It's like exhaustion and tired and annoying. <laughs> she gets to kick us out as soon as we're done. I know. So, I hate Erica. Sorry, going. go ahead. All right, so my honorable mentions, some of them we've already mentioned, so I'm not going to do them again. Um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, um, Alien and, you know, the other Alien movies. Also, Alien, Pro- Alien 2. I would, Alien I would throw Prometheus in there, even though it is so not at the quality of the other Alien movies, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, they're they're exploring for the beginning part until the alien comes on board, and then they're still in space, and then they're just being eaten. But um, so that's a good one. Also, um, there's a book called Namanan, which is Namana, Namana, Namana. No, sorry. So it's a 2017 novel by Marina Lostetter, and basically, it's kind of very similar to Children of Time in that. Um, it's like generational ships that are going and they found like um, they've sent out a bunch of these ships and they've made clones of all these people. So 
instead of being like in hypersleep and all that, basically the whole community is at first like the, the um, they're made off of the people that helped build all the ships. Oh. And then each time like one of them is like decommissioned or whatever, a new clone of that same person oh. comes and they're supposed to all do the same job. So like some of them, like the captain is always supposed to be the captain and his clone. And like some of them are always supposed to be like botanists or, but then some are like, I'm stuck as the clone, like, that's the janitor for eternity. And they get pretty upset by, like, their defined roles. But so it's them going out and then coming back to the world. But, of course, like, the world they're coming back to they know is going to be vastly different because hundreds of years have gone by. So um, that's really cool. I think there's two or three of them. I've only read the first one. And then some other things that I've talked about before. Hyperion, great. Saga, great. Um, and then the last one is Contact, which is... Oh, so good. So good. Mm-hmm. I read the book, and it, I know it's sacrilege because Carl Sagan wrote it, but I don't love the book as much because he is not great at writing fiction. Yeah. Um, <laughs> his characters and his dialogue are, like, tragically bad. But the movie <laughs> with Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey yes. are... It's so good. And I feel like that was the first... It was 97 it came out in... And I feel like that was the first, like, true, like, sci-fi, hard sci-fi thing I got into. And I've seen it so many times. It may be one of my most watched movies ever. And it's mostly drama on the, like, the surface. And then they get contact from Alien, and they have to build something. Mm-hmm. So Sarah's really excited about it, too. I've seen it. But it's been it. a long time. I, I remember that it. I liked it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it took it out on VHS from our Oh, my library. God. Yeah. And Matthew McConaughey, he's in he's in that and my pick, which is a spoiler, but that's okay. <gasps> we all know uh, what it is. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. What is, uh, Emily, what are your... I'm going to delete any that are um, on both of ours. I actually I didn't bunch. Uh, come up with any, but I do have one that I thought about doing. So this is a big spoiler warning for the new DuckTales. Um, but... <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry. I In really space. So uh the basically uh the episode the season one is is Dewey trying to find his mom where his mom went and like not knowing where she went and like the whole time she's on the moon and she's been living on the moon for ten years and like she loses her leg and she's chewing this licorice bubble gum to like oh, stay you gotta alive. Watch it. It's really yeah. good. It's and like, David Tennant plays Rude. And Catherine Tate, who was a David Tennant companion from True. Doctor Who, also voices. Also, Missy just voiced a character on a recent episode as her well. Her name's not Missy. I know. I don't know her name. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, like, she's trapped in space. And so she, like, explores the moon and, like, the moon people. And, like, there's the whole season two. Again, spoilers. Like, they come to Earth to try to, like, conquer Earth because the moon is a planet. And then Della's like, Ooh. no, it's not. So that was, like, my only pick uh, besides, like, the ones that are kind of Battlestar Galactica. Oh, I was going to say that, yeah. And Firefly. I'm and Firefly. Firefly. We did talk Firefly. about Firefly. I was going to say Firefly. You can Firefly. say Firefly. No, um, no, it's too late. I have never finished Firefly. I've watched the first, like, six or seven episodes oh, both times. my God. I know there's not that many it. more episodes. It's not a big deal. It's just, like, a, a, a funny thing. I've just I never finished like, it. I always feel like, watch it. And then I never actually want to I think, it. yeah, that's the thing. I think I've gotten, like, one or two past it's Jane's really time, and I've never finished it. It's very or if good. I watch the movie, but you I like already know what happens. The movie's not as good as the show. My computer yeah, just died, so now my okay. phone gets to be. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Here are my honorable mentions for though. space. Markiplier's Space is So Cool song, oh which is God. garbage, but a lot of fun. So I don't think we song. can play it because copyright, but go to Google, or go to YouTube and listen to Markiplier's Space is So Cool. Yeah. Uh, Steven Universe, obviously. Yeah. 
Exiles. I'm surprised you didn't pick that. The worst I'm movie of all time, Netflix. Mars Needs Moms, which I had to watch for work. We live in Stitch. Oh, yeah, that has space. Animorphs. Uh, Jimmy Neutron. John yeah. Wong dies at the end, I believe, has space travel. Travel at the end? It might be time travel. travel. <laughs> and Among Us, the phone game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Technically, I mean, I guess you're just on space. I, like, suddenly came up with one, and then I was like, why didn't I say this? And now I don't remember what it was. Fast Rock Walk? No, I Which I, I have also never seen. Yeah, I've seen the beginning, I think. It's just like um, another one of Cyber those. Chase is also. Cyber Chase. Did you um, watch Cyber Chase? No. It's a PBS what? show. What? The culture Cyber novels would have been one of them I was thinking of by Ian King. Banks. Um, Stranger in a Strange Land. Oh, yeah, by Hagelin. Yeah. I haven't read it That since one's on my college. shelf. I haven't read that one yet. Um, Ender's Game. Boo! I'm gonna just always say. So, so tell me why you hate Ender's okay. Game so much. I know we don't have time, but no. Erica, please explain. Ender's Game. Okay. I'm gonna eat these nuts. <laughs> Ender's Game is dead. so. You're gonna eat while we're recording. It's gonna be so loud. Don't eat a nut while we're recording <laughs> a podcast. You've been shamed. And then you just have to suck at it until it disintegrates. <laughs> All right. You'll so why don't you like? Ender's Game is so pretentious. And it's about children that are supposedly geniuses being trained to fight battles that only they somehow know how to fight. And they have all these, like, different rooms and these different, like, jetpack weird scenarios that they're learning how to fight. And yet the grown-ups are just, like, making them do all these battles and simulations and stuff like that. And it's like, why can't you figure this out? Why are 12-year-olds smarter than all of you? And it's just so stupid. I can't even. And then there's a <laughs> there's a twist ending, and I'm using air quotes because I fi- figured out the twist ending that apparently surprised everybody. And it, I mean, I'm not being one of those pretentious people saying I figured out the twist ending, Question. but it's so <laughs> obvious, and it's a terrible ending, and that's why I hate it. Is this it. the movie with Harrison Ford? There yeah. is a movie based on it, yes. The one that our There's friend a No, because Nick hates. hates this movie, too. Yeah. Okay. He hates it for a different so reason. So the movie is... because, like, the kids die, right? No, Spoilers. he hates it for content reasons, oh. but he doesn't hate it because... There's also, like, but the kids... It's just... It's... Erica, you're so mad. It's no, so no, It's just stupid. so bad. And it's so beloved by the sci-fi community, and you can all tweet at me, and Emily will get the responses and say... Tea and Tales 1! Tea Tales 1? I just... I hate it so much. And it's... It's not even like it's not even like I gave it one star. I just I did you give it zero stars? I don't no know. stars? I think I gave it I How gave it a couple of stars, star? but I just Have you ever given a book no stars? Or one star? I give one stars. You can't really give if you give no stars on Goodreads, it just looks like you haven't rated it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's true. I've done that because I'm just yeah. like, I don't There care. are a couple that I give ones, but I just, I can't stand it. But let's move on to a, a movie that I can stand because I love yes, it. Yes, I love it with my whole, I, with, I love it with my whole being. And that is the movie Interstellar. Woo! Woo! Can you do this without spoiling it? Yes, I can. It is a 2014 film directed by Christopher Nolan. Set in a dystopian future where humanity is struggling to survive, the film follows a group of astronauts who travel through a wormhole near Saturn in search of a new home for mankind. Wow. The movie Jokes. won an Oscar for Best Visual Effects, as it should. However, it if only watch received... it drunk, it will make you very <laughs> nauseous. <laughs> what? That's also true. They received nominations, but for whatever reason, not awards, for uh, Best Film Score, which it should most certainly have won for. Sound mixing, again, should have won sound editing and production design. It is considered to be the most scientifically accurate black hole on screen. Ever. 
So basically, the reason I love this visual effects are phenomenal. Yes, it did win for that, at least. Mm -hmm. And I will talk about how they did some of those things. But basically, there's two parts of the story. You have something called like the blight on Earth, which is um, inspired by the Dust Bowl. And what I didn't know until I was researching the movie is that they show clips of interviews of like older people talking about what things were like. And those are actual clips of survivors of the Dust Bowl. That's and nuts. they just used it as people oh. talking about the blight. They have a few actors in there to be like the characters that they're talking, but most of them are actually clips from people from the Dust Bowl. That is very interesting. Um, yeah, so there's people, so there's basically Jessica's Chastain and Michael Caine are scientists on Earth trying to solve the problem of um, the blight. Apparently, both of mine are about climate change. So, you know. <laughs> um, And then you have Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway, among others, in a spaceship um, that go through the wormhole near Saturn that brings them to another galaxy. And they have sent astronauts ahead 10 years prior to find inhabitable Earths, so I do see there is a strong correlation between my two choices, but that's <laughs> what you get. Um, you gotta do what you love. So This is free. That's right. That's right. Listen, Shut up and learn. Interesting facts. <laughs> so, um, it's it's a very scientifically accurate film. Um, the ending is um, less scientifically accurate because mm-hmm. it's more just um, ideas of what could be happening in a black hole and speculative. Thank you. I was looking for a word. I do appreciate that that Autumn's reaction to the ending of the movie. Oh, it was so good. (laughs) Um, And the way they did that is they had a a physicist on on staff that was helping to write the thing. His name is Dr. Kip Thorne. And he had two rules. One was nothing could contradict proven laws of physics. And they actually got into fights with... um, the screenwriting about they wanted the characters to travel faster than the speed of light at one point. And there was like a huge argument and he was like, this is not possible. So no. (laughs) Um, And then the other rule, which is where people start to go off on the end where it is speculative is anything that was speculation would come from a scientist, not a screenwriter. Nice. So they would have ideas and they'd be like, no, (laughs) and shoot them down. And then the scientist would be like, how about you try this instead? Mm -hmm. So, uh, when they get to the other galaxy, there is a giant black hole. By the very nature of black holes, they are large. Uh, they call it Gargantua on the film. And to make the black hole on screen, because it is truly incredible to look at, they had to develop new technology to make it work. And some individual frames of the movie took 100 hours to render. And the movie was more than 800 terabytes of data. Yeesh. Like, wow. that's cray-cray. I mean, it's like a three-hour-long movie, but still. It's very long. That's, yeah. Um, and then the method of space travel was based on Kip Thorne's work from before the movie and uh, Carl Sagan's novel Contact, which we referenced as well. Mm-hmm. So jumping through the wormhole, which is um, a spoiler for Contact, but it's kind of what oh, they're wow. going for. Yeah. You're here now. <laughs> um the robots used in it, they have TARS and a few others, um, were actually not CGI. They were pres- practical puppets. It's so awesome. And one oh of the God. guys that was the guy that was operating the puppets is with a voice to TARS, but not to the other one. They're so good. They were really good. They were really good, good. Pu- uh, robots. Pu- 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 robots. I puppets. So, yeah, I, I love this movie because um, it's very sciencey. I like hard science. Um, the acting is very good. And I feel like this was during the Matthew McConaughey McConaughey, where he was just like, not just the rom-com guy. He just started acting in really serious roles and like 
kicking ass at all of them. And um, being like, really sad on the spaceship. Right? <laughs> he was really sad on the spaceship. And a lot of it deals with time because as they're close to the black hole, um, you know, time is moving at different paces for the people that are on Earth. So um, we'll get to my favorite part of the movie is when they go to the first planet, which um, is very close to the black hole. So they have to, they know that um, time is going to move much slower for them or yeah, for them than it will for people outside the black hole and Earth. So things go awry and they lose a lot of time. It's so nuts. Yeah. Oh, say the factoid. The factoid. It's so good. So um, the score, right? <laughs> the score of the movie is incredible and it's written by Hans Zimmer. And apparently he wrote it with just a, like a note from Christopher Nolan that said, I want you to write a score based on what it means to be a father. And he didn't ask him about writing something for space. So I just thought that was a really cool interpretation. And he said, like, no big drums, none of the action stuff like that he wrote for Dark Knight and Gladiator and all the other things that Hans Zimmer has written. And so that's where he came up with all the organ music. And then when they're on the first planet, the water planet, one tick equals about one Earth day. And you hear a ticking of a clock. It's so stressful. And it's very stressful. And it's stressful even if you don't know that factoid. I saw one um, site said it was equal to 17 hours of Earth. So I'm not sure which is accurate. But it's about a day. Oh, my gosh. When and you said that, though, you're like, by the way, this this clicking is going to come up soon. And every click is a day on Earth. And I was like, oh, okay. And then it was like, click, 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 click. Not that fast. Yeah. But it was like... Consistently. Yeah. And then the other cool thing about the score, and uh, for people that don't know me, I'm super into movie scores. That's actually what I studied for my master's thesis, was um, specifically science fiction film scores. So if you didn't think I was a nerd already, now you definitely know. know. Um, But sadly, this film was not out when I did my thesis, so um, I would have included it for sure. But most of the score is done at 60 beats per minute, so that it lines up with the ticking of a normal clock. Hmm. And it also lines up with, like, rotations, because they have to spin things to, um, like, do the airlocks and things like that. So he has timed his score perfectly to the action on the screen, which I think that is very so cool. Just, like, Mary's everything is so good. I want to watch um, it again. Yeah. So. You need to let some time pass, but yes. So, I don't know. Since we've all seen it, and we've all seen it recently, I mean, you guys just saw it for your first time, whereas mm-hmm. I, this was, like, my third or fourth time watching the epic story. Do you think that you notice stuff, um, like, things, like, through your second watch, like, even maybe your last watch through, like, that you didn't notice the first time? Um, sort of. I think the second time is different because you understand, like, what's happening, what, mm-hmm. like, how much time is going to pass, because mm-hmm. time dilation is such a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Not even talking about time travel. That does come into it a little bit later, mm-hmm. but, like, the theories of relativity and time relativity are completely scientifically accurate. Mm-hmm. But going in, you said it was so stressful, whereas, like, I already knew it was going to happen, and it's still stressful, and I feel like, I don't know, I think I enjoy it exactly as much as I do it's every like time, which is not... Yeah, right? Yeah. And it's... Um, I feel like a lot of movies don't do that. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like your, you lose the your enjoyment yeah, c- goes down a little bit each time. Mm-hmm. Or maybe after the first couple, but I don't know. Those are some really? good facts. Yeah. That, right? that That's cool. I can tell you really like this movie. I really do. I really like the movie. I really like the music. Um, and I would recommend if you're looking for something, like if you're working and you want something that is... Um, 
like not too overpowering while you're working, but is not too like sleepy to get you unmotivated. I feel like the score to Interstellar is a really good one because it has like this constant motion of the organ, but it's not like drums and fast action type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, who's your favorite character? Um, space, space. <laughs> no, um, Eric. Space. <laughs> space. We watched it with our friend Eric. Who's he said that really so excited many about times. space. space. <laughs> but then it just every time like there was an awesome shot of space, we got really excited about it. It's um, true. It's true. If you liked the uh, the visual effects of gravity, but you thought the story was a little subpar, then watch Interstellar instead. Mm-hmm. Um, just watch it anyway. Yeah, it's just great. watch it anyway. I'm not saying good. gravity was bad. I it's not. It's cool to look at. For it's sure. its own thing. It's its own thing. Um, my favorite character. I feel I like it's probably it's Matthew McConaughey's yeah. character because mm-hmm. I feel like there's Cooper. I like yeah, the robot. Cooper. There's just so many. I like the robots. Yeah, the robots are great. Mm. There's not any villain in the story. The villain. I mean, his son is kind of a tool, but. Um, you wouldn't consider what's his face? No, no, I don't think he is. I and that's a spoiler, but oh, what's his face? No, what's his face? What's yeah. his face? No, I feel Harold? like they're yes, Harold Potter. <laughs> <laughs> no space travel. Well, that's um, Buckbeak is going spaces <laughs> exploring. Space. Full circle. Full circle. No, I I feel like even if their um, their methods weren't necessarily the best, mm-hmm. all the characters are fighting to protect the things that are important to them. Yeah. We're fighting to protect their families and in some way or another. And some are more successful and some are less successful. Mm-hmm. But the villain is the blight on Earth. And the villain is actually time. They're always fighting mm-hmm. against time. Yeah. But you can't... Man versus nature. Yeah, but you can't that. fight time. And that's really what it's about. And because he's so concerned, um, Matthew McConaughey's character, that... His children are aging while he's gone. And everything that they do, he asks, like, how much time is this going to cost us? How much time is this going to cost people on Earth? But the whole thing they keep telling him is, like, they're going to die if we don't find something that's correct. So it doesn't matter how much time it takes us. Like, we have to save somebody. Mm -hmm. And I think just the nature of, like, so many people want to fight against time in their lives for one thing or another, or like, I wish we could go back, or I wish this lasted longer, or God, I wish 2020 went faster, but like... <laughs> Listen, 2021 is going to be the same as 2020 if we I don't know. change what we're doing. But, like, that's the thing, is just, like, you can't fight time, and mm-hmm. I think that Interstellar does a really great job of talking about that. So mm-hmm. that's why it's my pick, and I saved it for our last one, because we all know it, and it's great. And you did a lovely job. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You guys did lovely jobs. That was fun. Oh my gosh. Look at us go. We have two podcasts. I think our next episode... <laughs> we don't have two podcasts. That's what I mean. We have two podcast <laughs> episodes. You're welcome. Tea and Tales 2. No, no. <laughs> we're just going to... Tea and Tales 2. We're going we're gonna to just take up all the Tea and Tales <laughs> names, it. and then they'll all funnel to Emily's inbox. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, I think our next episode is going to be about holidays. Mm-hmm. And um, we might talk about some haunted houses mm-hmm. coming up. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're concerned reading this, reading, listening to this, <laughs> y'all, it's late. <laughs> We're reading the info that we only do sci-fi. That is not true. No, 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 yeah. just, um, Sometimes we do horror. <laughs> if you want Christmas. to suggest some ideas for us to do an episode on, doesn't mean we'll pick it, but, but. tweet at T and Tales 1. <laughs> tweet at T and Tales 1. And I will forward them tweet to the correct people. <laughs> Erica! 
Oh, that's me. Hi. Okay. Um, so with that, we're going to go because it's late. And oh, oh, Eric well, is a teacher. And let's all pretend we're not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.